Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you will enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. So I am Sabina Röskren. Uh, I'm originally from Finland and have been moving between different countries, working in Sweden, in Canada, in America, and currently I'm working for a company in Tokyo. So I've been a little bit all over the place. I've had different, um, what should I say? It's like basically different design areas that I'm working in. So I worked as a scripter. I was once called a gameplay designer. I've been a level designer. I've been narrative designer. <laughs> <laughs> you, you said you wear many design hats. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love totally. it. So how did you get started with game dev? Was it something like you loved games when you were younger and you're like, I want to go do that for the rest of my life? Or how'd that go? Oh, it was honestly more like I had no idea you could work in games. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was first introduced to it uh, from my, my first boyfriend, actually. And uh, it was really never something I had in mind because growing up, it was like, you're going to be a teacher, you're going to be an advocate, you're going to be, oh, sorry, a lawyer, or it's going to be like an engineer something. or something, you know, important, which is like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, my dad's an engineer, so of yeah. course I'm going to be one, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So it was just like never, it never crossed my mind, but I always been playing games. Although, mind you, I was never allowed to have a console. <laughs> really? Wait, so how did yeah. you play games? Like like a little handheld or somewhere else? Actually, I went to my friend's house. I went to my cousin's house and Goodness. I just had so much fun. It was usually sometimes me just sitting alone playing while they were doing something else. No way. They're like You don't even come to play with us. You're just playing the game. <laughs> You're like, I know. <laughs> I was oh. easily entertained. Just put me in front of whatever console they had, and I would just enjoy myself for hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. What games did you play? Oh, gosh. It started um, at my cousin's house. It was a lot about uh, Super Mario on uh, the Nintendo 64. Did you and, play uh, Donkey Kong 64? Yes, I did. Oh, I love that one. It was DuckTales. Oh, DuckTales? Yep. And Darwin Duck. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Bringing back old memories. Yeah, it was wow. so... Oh, Double Dragon was also super fun. But then I had to have someone playing with me. <laughs> oh, true. I never played Double Dragon. So it's like you had to have a friend play with you? Yeah, and that's when my cousins would actually play with me. Although... They oh were, my <laughs> They were like... I think they were, they were like four or five years older than me. So they were probably pretty annoyed with the kid coming over and playing this game with them. <laughs> Can relate to that. I had cousins be like, "All you do is play GTA or, or these games and Harry Potter," and I'm like, "It's more fun than whatever we're doing." <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, just, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, I usually been surrounded by uh, boys as well when I grew up, so mm-hmm. it was easy to take on those hobbies, I guess, as well. Um, yes, yeah, true. I only reflecting about that right now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking about it, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, wait. Games I... What influences did I have when I was growing up? <laughs> <laughs> so then when you said your first boyfriend showed you it, when was this? Like before college, during college, after college? It was uh, it was a little bit before college. And 
he was very adamant on on doing games like that was everything that he wished for and I had no idea about that being a profession so what happened was that I went to university and I tried studying for one year cellular uh, cellular biology so oh, very wow. different very different yeah. <laughs> It's like, how did you get from there to design? Well, you probably were like, God, it sucks. You need to go somewhere totally different. It, it was a lot about having identity crisis, going through the whole ebb and flow about, is this really right for me? Um, I also burnt out quite heavily, having to add on all the chemistry, physics, and maths that I had to basically catch up with. Um, so I, I just didn't feel like it was right for me and I was super tired. Um, I actually got a bit depressed. And in the end, I followed my then boyfriend being like, I need to do something fun. Mm -hmm. I, for myself, I need to do something that I really enjoy doing. So my boyfriend at the time had applied to this school in Sweden. It's called Playground Squad. And it just turned my life around in the sense that from having felt so much pressure of needing to achieve and be part of society with all the preoccupied slots that you're supposed mm. to go into. Yeah. I just had the time of my life. I had so much fun. I found so many friends, like geek friends, and I just love surrounding myself with those. And it was just, I had just found my place. Yeah. You were just like, I didn't know life could be this much fun. Totally. Because you get stuck in these vicious cycles of like, you're supposed to this, you're supposed to that, and then you just kind of get used to it. And then once you realize there's like other places to go, I think that's when like burnout or like just feeling like, I guess, depressed or, or certain emotions start to come out because you're like, wait a minute, there's something else here. I want to go do that. I don't want to keep doing this. I don't enjoy anymore. And so like you said, you had identity crisis. So what did that feel like for you? Like, when did you know like this isn't for me? Did you, and did you feel like you didn't want to, did you feel less motivated? Like what was going on? Oh, there was so much going on. I know to start because your, your brain is in such a shamble when you're going through all those phases. Um, and depression is different from every single one of us. Like we are experiencing it differently, right? Uh, and for me, it was a combination of the society pressure, the pressure from what my own expectations that I should be doing, as well as the expectations and what I'm seeing my friends are doing, like, they were definitely going more about like, university, knowing what to do, gonna be a doctor. How did that and, make you feel? Oh, it basically out of place. I felt quite out of place, like not knowing is common. But at the time, maybe even now today, it makes you feel out of place if you don't know, if you don't have a plan for the future. But it's it's really common and it shouldn't pull yourself down because it actually eludes your future. Mm -hmm. And like, why do you think you need to know? Like, why do you think society pushes that? I know it's probably more like safety, but what do you think? Finding people you can surround yourself with to feel safe, feel like you can be yourself. And honestly, that's what the school was to me. The gaming school that I went to, I felt like I could fully be myself, maybe for the first time. Mm -hmm. 
And that that was really wonderful. And having that experience, like, I think we all have it at different ages, really. And it's so precious when you find it. It really is. It's like, these are my people. This is what I want to do. You don't feel the weight of the world on you. And so, okay, so how did it feel when you decided to then, like, break away from the normal? Like, did you have, like, your parents were like, don't do that. Were your friends like, what are you doing? Like, what was that like? I'm really happy that I have very supporting parents, but they were also seeing how I was at university. Like they could tell that I wasn't happy and I was actually deteriorating mentally. And for them, it was probably a relief that I <laughs> went to this school because mm-hmm. I was happy again. And and they didn't really stop me or anything. They were pretty much telling me, yeah, you take a gap year, it's fine. You, you're you going to do what you want, be happy for a while, and then get back to it, right? And I'm, even today, <laughs> like, <"Yeah."> <laughs> <laughs> even today, I'm like, still on my gap year, mom and dad. <laughs> and what did I they mean, say to that? <laughs> Actually, I think, yeah, a couple of years back, uh, that was when I was still in Canada, I had a really emotional conversation with my dad and he was telling me that uh, that he's so proud of me like even just talking about it I'm feeling it <laughs> and uh-huh. I was like oh my god <laughs> is this is amazing like I know that they approved because they could tell that I was happier doing this but they never really expressed it right yeah it's probably hard for them to because it wasn't the normal thing to be like oh she's in games and she's happier we're proud of you it's just it's hard I guess for the old yeah generation well you know what i it could be something like they were seeing that i was actually successful i think that's they yeah they were confused they're like she's making money she's (laughs) yeah she's actually able to afford her living (laughs) yeah it's like how which is interesting because it's kind of like the way the world is turning into now where it's turning into a world where you actually have to have the skills to like do virtual stuff, create like video games, movies, shows, design like crypto, like do these things that like nobody ever thought was like important. But now it's literally the way of the future. And if you don't know that, you might be left behind. Besides the doctors, lawyers, and engineers, because you always need them. But yeah. we're talking about like the technology people, anybody involved in virtual video games, all that stuff. Earned like needed more nowadays, especially esports, like beating sports nowadays. I'm pretty sure esports has gotten more views now than like most other sports. Um, it's so games. cool. So it's like, wow, this is amazing. Back then, younger, it's like you play games or like games or nothing, or like you're gonna go into games. And now it's like, this is amazing. Keep making games, keep making games like Fortnite, keep doing these things. We want to play forever and ever to come. And I'm like, what happened? The world shifted to our favor. Like, let's go. <laughs> And it's so much more acceptable right now to do all of these things. Exactly. Everyone I know plays games now. Even people who never really play games or at least playing like a multiplayer game. Like even if it's like FIFA, it's like everyone's playing games. <laughs> it's insane to me. And I'm like, see? Yeah. Oh, I have a story for you. Ooh, okay. I, I was uh, actually meeting um, an old teacher of mine. And at the time I was um, working on Wolfenstein. Really? Yeah. Oh, I gotta hear more about that too. <laughs> so I meet this teacher, and I didn't have to tell anything about me actually working on Wolfenstein, but <laughs> he greeted me, asking me what I'm doing. I tell him I'm working with video games, and he started reprimanding me. Like, are you sure that's morally right? What do you mean, is what? <laughs> no way. And what did you say to that? I I was like. 
well, there's a difference in <laughs> real life and video games. And I was honestly, like, I was quite young at the time. I think I was like 21, 22. And I, uh, no, was it? No, it must have been later. I'm getting my time frames wrong there. But okay. either way, I was pretty young. And then what do you say to that? Like, how yeah. do you justify that? you're happy doing things and it doesn't hurt anyone else when the other person have such high moral, mm-hmm. I know, but boundaries. Uh, I got you. Oh, is it because, you know, people back then used to say video games cause violence, video games are yes. bad. Oh, yeah, that's hard. Yeah, I don't know what to do about that. I mean, technically, let's eh, get to like deep, but like anything can be bad in certain ways. Financial people could be bad, but not all of them are. Comps can be bad, but not all of them are. It's just like, just do it what you love and hopefully make sure it doesn't hurt anyone and just do yeah. it. like there is no more like again we even getting deeper there's no more obligation to do anything in life life is just there you make your purpose you decide what you want to do go do it like it's just i don't like I, that's one thing i don't like about society's pressure it's like yeah mm-hmm. you can tell me to go do certain things but it's like why 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 do i have to be stressed out and like especially between the ages of like I guess say 16, like 25 and beyond, but people put so much pressure to figure things out. And it's like, there's people 40, 50, 60 still don't have it figured out. And yeah. like, figure what out? Like, sure, you might have figured out the old system, but now we have a new world with different currencies being created, different games being created with augmented reality, with VR, with like, even now it's like, okay, well, I wanted to do this, but now I want to do this now for the next 20 years. And now 20 years later, it's like, there's new stuff. Now I want to go work in space. It's like, you never know. So it's like, yeah. Just push boundaries. Go beyond. But yeah, continue yeah. on with your story. Um, oh, sorry. It, it's <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I kind of went on the No, no, it's perfectly fine. What you said is really relevant. And I think we all feel that pressure from society now and then, like no matter what it is. It could even be like something like marriage and having children today, but the pressures are still there. And as long as you're comfortable with your own choices, that's honestly, I would like to say that that's all that matters. But we are also quite tied to our bonds with our families, our ancestors and our heritage. So it's not always easy, of course, but to navigate those waters is life, I think. Yeah, it's like finding that the perfect way to do it because like the idea is like never to destroy the old way it's like when like parents are like but this is how it's always done and like you should follow me and respect and it's like oh no i respect all of that but it's like i'm taking what we've you've built what we've had and moving it towards the future in a way where we can all build it at least that's how i view it for my family and i but like yeah, yeah. it's like we're gonna be even better in the future like like maybe one of my ancestors did something risky for the so that our future generation can be better. And I'm doing the same thing, and it's gonna seem scary. And it's like, why are you doing that? And it's like because I see the potential of the future, and it's gonna be different from how you used to see the world. And the only way to do it is to take that risk, or to do something that makes me happy, so that I can continue to doing things. Because if people aren't happy, like you said, you burn out. You're not gonna do it forever. And, like, I know the older generation was able to withstand, like, it's harder. Like, there's always that harsh mentality. It's like, we just did it. Like, there's even a joke. Sebastian, one of his, he's an Italian comedian. He's like, my dad was, like, depressed. I've been depressed for 40 years. Like, it's kind of something he just handled. Yeah. So it's like, and it's like, but, like, you don't have to be that way anymore. And, like, without social media, you never knew how many people 
took their lives or, or were like uncomfortable or just like burned out or forgotten in yeah. society. Like you don't know that. So it's like, don't worry about how the past is. Don't worry, just do what feels right for you so that you can continue to do it. So you can continue to be happy. So you continue to push your family forward into a better future. Yeah. And totally. we're getting deep. We're getting into deep conversations here. <laughs> I like it though. Like I know me too. <laughs> I feel like we're on the same page. Like everything you're saying is resonating with me. Mm-hmm. See, that's, I guess, see, game game development is much more than what we think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, there's also another book I read where it was like the game, oh, actually, I actually forgot the name of it, Game Designers Should Rule the World or something. It was basically this book, Ooh. I'm to title in a second, but the idea was game design learned how to make games fun and make people like enjoy doing like challenges and quests and like like for instance like skyrim is a great big world that like it's nostalgia for a lot of people and it makes you want to do things and help people that was another video i watched too where it was like what if you had the same attitude as you did like skyrim where you wanted to go save the world we wanted to go help every single person you met like what if you had attitude with the world where somebody's like i need help and it's like i'm gonna go help you or like i want to go meet this person so it's like game designers have mastered that. So why don't we have more game designers in like leadership positions where they can help make the society more fun and more rewarding or like engaging? And I was like, that's an interesting idea. And so this book was really yeah. cool about that. But yeah, it's like it's the old way to think that like only certain people can help by just being a doctor or engineer is like like flawed. It's like there's more ways to help people than just that. Like people need to be helped mentally. People need to be helped emotionally. People need to be helped to continue doing these hard tasks that life or in life isn't always easy. So it's like we need something to help us keep going in this tough battle that's called life. That it can be suffering, can be enjoyed. You know, right. we got to make it more enjoyable, less suffering. And that's what game designers do. That's what yeah. you do. That's yeah. so interesting. I never thought about that. But what if you would design life to be fun? Yeah. Exactly. Right. That, no that's pretty much that. what it is. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So let's try to do. Yeah. That's that's an interesting book, and I read, and I was like, hmm, how can we do that? And so I've been pondering that idea for the last like, couple of years. And, hmm. But see, that's the trick, though, because then we have all the different types of gamers. Like we're all individuals, so you need to be the designer of our own life, right? Yeah. And then yeah, true. You have to design your own. Yeah. <laughs> Because some people don't want to do that. It's just they don't. They'd rather have someone else do it for them. Then maybe we can make a game that people do, like an app. It says, hey, if you work out, we'll give you money. I don't oh, know. Oh, <laughs> right, right. No, no, that, I mean, insurance companies should do that. Like, if you work out, your insurance will go lower and lower. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> hey, wow. Hmm. And then a calorie well, counter, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, calorie counter. Or like, <laughs> hey, I want to be more social so it's like maybe you put like you hang out with someone or you met someone new and then like it gives you money to go do those things like hey, here's a couple of dollars to go bowling or go out and hmm. see does the <laughs> does the rewards revolve around money what if the reward would be not like a gold star sticker but what if it would be like a coupon to a restaurant or a day at the spa or well, true you're right but even that technically in a way is money and that's the only thing, yeah, I guess the only, the only thing, so money's always been given a bad name, but literally it's just the idea of like goods and, and other stuff that you wanted to give and give back, turn into some type of money. That's so like technically, even though, yeah, you're right. I like that better though, because it's less about the money and it's for sure you're going to do that thing. It's like you could use the money and do something else, but no, no, you're going to that spa or you're going out to that movie. You're going, yeah. Or, or maybe you level up and it like unlocks things for you or like in the restaurants could then join it. And then, like, so then it says, okay, well, this person did that. They get a freebie today when they come in or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I wonder, though, like, what 
I've, I've heard so many people say um, that it's human relationships, though, that is the actual reward for, for humans. Um, but is it for everyone? I mean, it, it is usually, mm. actually. But is everyone comfortable with that? Because I know some people are like, I don't, I'm afraid, like, I'm comfortable. And I know, because I've been there a long time ago where I was just like, I want to be in my little room and just do my thing. And the only way I want to interact yeah. with people is with the video games and hearing on the mic. No other interaction, no eye That's contact. That's fair. Okay, so, okay, I had yeah. the ultimate reward. There we go. <laughs> I had the ultimate reward. Time. Ooh. Everybody needs time, and you can't buy time. You can't. That's, ooh, okay. We are moving towards that, I feel it, because, like, slow, we're, we're moving towards a world where soon, like, we're going to have such advanced technology where people don't need to do some mundane stuff, and, like, we're going to be able to move faster, whereas, like, they're going to have, like, tunnels underground where shoot you instead of taking, like, six hours. <laughs> so it's going to be, like, we're going to have so much free time and then more free time and then maybe one day another universal base income where people are going to have, like, a base level of income to be able to just live. So it's, like, what do you do then? And it's, like, well, we just be creative. And then mm -hmm. I think that's when it's going to explode into, like, virtual worlds like Ready Player One or, like, travel or, like, eventually going to space or, like, doing, like, intergalactic travel within virtual worlds you're like i'm gonna go to this planet in this virtual world with somebody and you're like wow that's <laughs> wild but like yeah like time is the most important thing we need and i think that's all the humans want that's why we continue to push forward and it's like more time we want more time but i love that idea yeah. like just giving people more time like hey you know what you don't have to do anything for the next like two months except whatever you want because you've earned it yeah and, yeah yeah and i think yeah i think I mean, because to... time is so like it, it goes on. It's it's so definite in a way. But what if you would get more time to do things you love? Because that's when time really disappears. It does true, right? Isn't that weird? It's like when you are having fun is when time moves the fastest. <laughs> so you want more of that time. The also crazy thing is like let's say we could live forever. I still think like there would be a moment, like let's say you decided to end and at that moment you still be like there wasn't enough time. Especially if you had a good life. Maybe if you didn't. But I realized that no matter how much time, whether it's a week, two weeks, a day, at the end of that moment, you're like, there wasn't enough time. Like, I wish I had more time. And it's kind of yeah. sad. But it's, it's, I guess it reminds you that, like, everything comes to an end. And no matter how much time you had, you always want more of it. We always want more. I don't know. I, at least I felt that where You always want more of something, even if it wasn't, like, I think people come to really, even, like, people who are really sad. Like, you know, those people who really weren't happy and they're told, like, hey, you need three months to live. And out of nowhere, they're like... I don't want to, even though maybe before that they were like, I don't really want to do anything. I don't want to live. It's like, but I do actually. And it's like, what is that feeling? And like, where does that come from? And let's give more of that time to that. Like, I don't... It feels very human though. Like, yeah. because of our limited lifespan on earth, we are trying to achieve so many things. We're trying to put our footprints down in history or the world or just in our community. Mm -hmm. And... I think that's honestly part of what's driving humans so much as well. Like looking back at your life, seeing what you achieved, if you would have infinite amount of time, you would probably postpone it. Like you would, you would probably just procrastinate all the time because. It's true. <laughs> but then again, yeah. if you could deliberately choose what to do with your time, let's say that you wouldn't have to make that one hour commute every single day. What if you did not have to feel like I can only afford five hours of sleep because I don't, don't 
I want my time to go to my creative work. If you wouldn't have that limitation, what would that give us? That's wild to think of. What would you do? Because a lot of things that you do sometimes are based on the fact like, oh, I only have three hours of free time and the rest of my day is just spent commuting, traveling, doing things. I don't know. And if you could sleep more, you'd be better rested. So you have more energy, more creative. Mm-hmm. We need that world. <laughs> we, need, <laughs> we need that world. Because then it would be humans at their optimal performance. Yeah, totally. And what could you do then? If imagine a world where everybody slept at least eight hours a day. Yeah. I think we would be healthier, more empathetic towards each other, and happier. Like. Yeah, because that's a lot of things. People are just unhappy because they're just tired. They're mm-hmm. just tired. And it's, I mean, part of it is like personal responsibility because it's like, hey, you should have went to bed at 12 and she went to bed at 3 a.m. But the other thing is like it's because they didn't have enough time. That's where yeah. they, they were like, I wanted to do more. I honestly, it's not only that. It's also, you know, when you go to bed and your brain just won't shut up. Oh, that's another, you're right. That's another one. And you wake up in the middle of the night, maybe you forgot yeah. something. Like, yeah, there's so many things. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So what if you could just actually turn that off so you could get that quality sleep? How would you do that? Are we talking about, like, figuring out your life in a way where it's better so you don't have those thoughts? Or, like, Neuralink kind of, like, letting your brain just say, good night, we're going to bed. <laughs> In a perfect game, you would decide it to just work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you just be, which would be wild if you could do that. That's you need wild. to get the high score. <laughs> yeah, you need to get the high score. You just need to do the wait. You need to meditate in the game. Do the waiting thing, and then it turns. I love when you hour and then like the game changes to daytime. And you're like, oh, <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> Scripting yeah. when the sunlight hits. Yeah. <laughs> when wait do. <laughs> yep. But yeah. <laughs> How did we even get here? What were we talking I, about? I was actually thinking that too. I was like, what were we thinking about? I think I actually went on a tangent with my weird you story. Your story, not on a tangent, you went on a tangent. <laughs> you're saying time. We talked about time. Time being a currency, essentially, yes, as a reward. We about the, yeah. yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so what were we talking about before all this? <laughs> Burnt your imposter syndrome, not imposter syndrome, your, um, when you felt like you got burned out, basically. So let's go into that. So you got burned out. How, what did that feel like? Was it like taking too many classes and you were just like, or were you taking too many classes, doing pretty good, and then at one point you were like, you know what, this isn't for me. Like, I'm working so hard, but it's like not coming naturally. Is that something that made you feel like burnout? Like, how'd you get there? Oh, yeah, there were different things. So... Let's see if I can summarize it a little bit. Like I've gone through a couple of stages uh, and and so you're aware it's me identifying it as a burnout and I didn't go to a doctor. So it never got that bad. Uh, so it's more like me dipping my toes up out and coming back up again. Um, but I've gone through like actually working myself into it. And then we have the emotional burnout uh, and I've gone through two different emotional burnouts. So the one at university was more the emotional one, like identity crisis, right? Is this me? Is this what I want? Um, I also had a huge moral pressure onto me because in cellular biology or in 
in that kind of science um, spectrum of school in general, we're doing yeah. experiments on animals. And oh. I would not have anything to do with that. Um, it crossed the moral boundary that I wasn't comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So that was, I actually skipped all of those classes. Uh, and when I learned about it, which is kind of ridiculous because I should have known before taking this class. So I don't know what I was thinking. It was more about me trying to find something that I wanted to do. And I felt like I was interested in biology. So I went to cellular biology and then I realized, no, this is crossing my boundaries. You're like, no, never mind. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> and then I had this ridiculous thing that's like, no, they're telling me that I can't bring food into the lab. I want to eat whenever I want to eat. So, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so I had another oh, moment. Where I was just like trying to find things, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> to get me out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was difficult. So there was first of all the workload and then came the moral pressure and then came the pressure from society. People asking me, if you're not going to do this, what are you going to do? And I didn't have any answers. And uh, I was happy that my parents weren't pressuring me. It more came from um, other uh, spectrums of my life. So uh, there's just like once it rains it pours right <laughs> oh well i've never really heard that but yeah once it rains it pours and they just can't stop <laughs> <laughs> no. yep and it just adds on wow yeah because that's a lot of pressure on someone especially at such a young age and then you don't know what's going on in their life so like work might get to them they might miss some sleep something might happen crash like you know accidents will happen and random things and you're like just puts like so much weight and stress and you're like, how do I handle this? And it's like, am I going to live up to this? And am I going to do this? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. That's why it's a good thing your parents didn't pressure on you because you probably would have been had a harder time to like. Oh yeah, out. totally. Yeah. And so. when I got to the game design class, actually I was the only single girl in my year. Um, and that, also, you mean like only girl, like there's no boys, there's only boys. Only or boys. You mean like, okay. Yeah, so I was the only single girl in my year, um, or female, I guess, um, if we're categorizing it. And it, it, it kind of added additional pressure onto me, like, because I didn't see anyone else like me. I was, there was no teachers either that were females. Wow, you were and just alone. Yeah, the the year above me had two girls, I think. Okay. Um, so in general, no, no, there were three girls in the year above me. But uh, in my own year, there was only me, and uh, all of my friends then were boys. And I, as I said, I was perfectly happy there. But I did question myself. I did question: Is this? Am I fit to be here? Now, and, the real thing is, did you question yourself, like, was it you, or was it thoughts of other people that went into your head, like, basically, a mm -hmm. lot of other voices saying, should you be doing this, and you thinking those voices, being like, should I be doing this, was everybody right, and would I feel comfortable, like, do you know if that was really how you felt? That's really interesting, I felt that depending on who it was, so from mm -hmm. the school and my, my um, friends uh, and fellow students, I felt supported, like, I felt it was exciting for me. Like I felt like I stood out a little bit. Mm -hmm. 
But when it came to the older generation, like my um, like older family members or maybe like friends' parents, uh, like that age group more, then I felt that pressure. And if you remember this teacher that I told you about that questioned me and the violence that video games brings, I again felt like I'm I as a girl shouldn't be in this environment so it's honestly whenever people question me at the time and my decision of going into games i never told them of course i was the only girl in my class Mm -hmm. but i could felt a bias Mm -hmm. so it's it's weird but like negative comments can definitely like just escalate and even if it's just a tone of it yeah it's hard because it's like if you're not sure about something, then you don't have that like strong conviction to be like, no, I'm doing it. this is what I'm doing. You're like, you're still kind of trying to figure things out. So you're like, is this right for me? Is it not? But so like, how did you feel? Wow, how did you get through it? Like, how did you know that you're gonna keep doing this? Because you know, you were like, I'm questioning yourself. Like, did you just mm-hmm. support your parents, the people in your class, or you were like, even I don't feel 100% confident. This is what I want to do. Yeah, you said something really, really great there about conviction uh, and like being sure and confident about what you're doing because I was not mm-hmm. and I kind of went with as long as I'm having fun I'm gonna keep doing it and I love it it's love been it. saving me and like here I am over a decade later on a roller coaster <laughs> <laughs> still on it and I'm having fun <laughs> no that's beautiful as long as I'm having fun I'm still going to do it and that kind of like I latched on to that and it's been amazing. And it's also been part a little bit about my decision of should I look for something else? Should I look for new opportunity within game development? And it's actually coming back to am I having fun here? Mm-hmm. Oh, so like you knew like the news change you had was the same thing thought process. Like, am I having fun or where can I move to have more fun or something like that? Yeah, a little bit like that. It's not only that, but it's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But I love how there's, you don't first think of like money, which is true. I, I don't like the idea that people think so much about the money. My favorite quote is from a guy named Alan Watts, where he was like, what would you do if money were no object? How would you really spend your life? And when people get deep down and really ask themselves that question, they go, well, I want to be like a writer or a poet or a horse rider. Mm. And then once they decide that they go do it and once they do it they become good at it and then people start paying them for it and then they become masters at it and then you know they just become successful in their own way and then that's another thing too i think i don't like about society's like push is that everybody needs to be super uber successful and i mean it happens to its emotions we just we're not perfect creatures we're we have this idea like get more be more do more and so yeah you get to this trappers like i want to have the biggest house all this money, when I do all these things, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that you don't need all that. And even if you want to do some of that stuff, you don't need to spend too much money. Like, I've traveled to certain places with less money than most people think. So it's like, you can still do certain things. You just don't have to have it lavish. Why do you yeah. need to have, like, the most expensive things to have the most enjoyable? Why don't you have a, like, pretty normal car and just go travel all through wherever country you're in and just have a blast and have a journey? Yeah, so, yeah. and... I think it's onto something there because a lot of people feel limited by money or enabled by money. 
when money is not the key. Even some people who have tons of money feel limited because they think they need more. Yeah, like, yeah, what are you totally. Doing? <laughs> exactly, and and just that limitation, it it actually inhibits our creativity about what can we do with what we have. Mm-hmm. That's why I think a lot of people who've been the most creative are people with the least amount of money because they had to find a way to make it work with the money they had or with the resources they had. Yeah. It's true. And it's also, I, I've noticed this too, is like I slowly get like more comfortable things and like gain more money and have more like a, ability to do things. It's like you can get into this situation where you're like too comfortable. So I feel like certain people have way too much and then they just don't have this drive to like do more, be more. And it, it's just unless they find it themselves, like it's, they feel like, oh, well, I'm good at this. Maybe I just chill and not do anything else because I have everything already. I'm comfortable. I'm safe. And it's like, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But it's like there's that drive, that ambition to go do things <laughs> that we need. It all. I think that's what creates great work. And it's like people – there's another thing, too, that's interesting about, like, hard work or, like, people that like, don't like the idea of, like, for a couple moments. I don't think it should be all the time. But, like, the idea of, like – not really crunch, but like a, a, a maybe a week of like focus work. It's like sometimes you need just that one week of like everybody saying, "Look, this week we just gotta do the hardest thing we do because we were trying to create something great." And then go back to like a very like you know balanced like work. But the idea is just like let's do something that's never been done. Try to bring it out, and it's like yeah, like sometimes you need those couple of like hard moments to just like push something creative that you never thought was possible. Like even like so, God of War. Um, creative director Corey Barlog did this with um, the one cut camera like where he's just one shot through the whole game and he said it couldn't be done it's impossible but he's like no we, mm. we can do it we have to do it like it's we can make it work and then boom they spent years and years got it to work one of the best games that ever came out yep. and game of the year like, yeah it's like pushing the boundaries of creative work why not like why why else not like we need to do things to push our self in entertainment in life and so yeah yeah but we all have different drives of that, right? Yeah, and also, yeah, exactly. So, like, there is no, like, at the end of the day, nobody, when you die, nobody's going to say, oh, you, you worked less than this other person, so you're not going to make it in. It's like, no, nobody's <laughs> going to judge life like that. Just do what you want, whatever your purpose <laughs> is, and decide on what level you want to push yourself. Some people's push for ambition is higher than others. Fine. But just do it. Do whatever your yeah. level of ambition is. And don't yeah. judge yourself from other people, because other people have different lives different um, circumstances you might be someone might be doing better at their creative work but their whole life's in shambles yep don't judge yourself based on that yeah never and and even like you know how in games industry it's very much almost like a medal of honor when you're crunching or you're like spending a lot of time doing your 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 um your work it's honestly very very toxic because again you're comparing people you are again. That like, I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they do this whole like, oh, you're not crunching, you should be crunching. It's like, no, 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 no. Again, it should only, it shouldn't even be that long. It shouldn't be something like you pressuring people. But like I said, there should be moments where it's like, hey guys, we're gonna get in the, like trenches and for like a couple days get to it. But it should never be something where people go like, I don't want to do this, because then that mm-hmm. means it's a bad leadership. I've seen this everywhere. It's just bad leadership. Your team. You first of all, you should be in the trenches with your team. Mm-hmm. Second of all, like you should, they should have a vision and they should feel comfortable. They should be a part of this path where it's like, hey, we've been chilling. They treated us right, and now they want us to like kill it for this weekend. Kind of like when we work at a restaurant. It's like, hey, we got Mother's Day weekend. It's like, all right, guys, today's the day. We 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 got you food. We got everything ready for you guys to kill it today. Cause today's gonna be the busiest day of life. This is like the war, the battle. We trained for this. So those are moments. But like, yeah, no crunch. I hate when people like tr- gaslight people into being like, hey, 
you need to be like working as hard as we do because like you that means you don't care about the project you don't care about it's just like no man i care about it but i also care about my life outside too mm-hmm. and it's like you can't yeah so it's a complicated thing and i think it just comes out of leadership it's just bad leaders everywhere people are bosses and not leaders yeah i feel like it's like part of that is also education like mm-hmm. there, there's so many opportunities that we have to learn about ourselves but we like that's not a common thing in schools like just imagine if we would have more psychology classes or just like self-awareness classes or oh even God, if please. therapy was common like mm-hmm. everybody is entitled to have free therapy imagine how amazing everyone would be oh it'd be amazing no because this is got a healthy gamer on youtube and then just listening to these interviews where he just talks to people helps you realize like everybody goes through the same stuff and then when they talk about it you feel like more comfortable because you're like oh they're going through it too and then this is how they're getting through it and you feel more comfortable and then you actually see the answer sometimes you're like okay let me go try it in my life and you just you just become happier i think the understanding yeah. is the first part of like where you feel happier you're like oh i get why i feel this way and i get that other people have the same problem okay well how are they getting through it okay maybe i'll try that or maybe i'll try something else but like yeah because it's just like, you're not alone i think people assume because it's social again social media this is so badly it should we just post the good things Mm-hmm. And then they assume, oh my God, we has to figure it out. It's like, no, no, not yeah, it. yeah. Today, that's probably like where the largest amount of pressure comes from. Mm-hmm. Especially artists and all the creative people, because you see like the greatest art. There's a gap. So when anybody starts art, they're like pretty okay, and then they there's this gap of like when you have to work and train and practice, and then you can get to this like amazing thing. And it's like that took them maybe ten years. And some people have talent, and that's just the way it is. But again, you can't mm-hmm. compare that because maybe their life isn't okay, but their art's amazing. So yeah, yeah. just everybody has different circumstances. Yeah, just focus on you. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, this trainer I saw. He had a T-shirt on his on him that was me versus me, and it really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Now that's interesting because it's like you versus your own, uh, the younger version of yourself, or the, the day before yourself, and be like, "Hey, you were cool. I want to be better." And then next day, like, I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be better. Aww. And if you're a little bit of better yourself than every day, then by the end of the year, you'll be exponentially better. You don't have to like spend twelve hours a day. You can spend like two hours. But if you do it two hours for like the whole year, mm-hmm. that's when real growth happens. And people don't understand it. Like I have to work hard every single day. And it's like, yeah. No. Yeah. Be smarter work. Be more it's focused. It's like the the ten thousand hours that mm-hmm. uh, gives you mastery. Mm-hmm. Idea, yeah. People try to do that in like three months, and then it's like, yeah, that could work, or not. <laughs> life is a long, like lifelong process of learning. That's why I think like the idea of just four years. It's like it's the rest of your life. And I've only experienced it in creative work, though, because, like, when you're in high school, it's more like, yeah, just get this over with and you're good to go for the rest of your life. And I'm like, in my experience, it's like, no, I have to never stop learning. Yeah. Which is why you don't want to burn out. So how did you, like, avo- how do you avoid burning out, like, nowadays? Do you? Yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's going to be very up to the individual as well. So the, mm-hmm. the things that I usually talk about when I talk about burnout is, like, you need to know yourself first. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly like the hardest part, like self-awareness and self-education. But then I'm trying to to make it a little bit easier and saying what brings you joy, what brings you energy and try to balance it. Um, I saw a talk, uh, it was actually on Grace Hopper conference. And uh, the talk was about um, 
putting up post-it notes. And the post-it notes were weighted in the sense that how much energy does it give? So it could have like a, a number two on it. And then uh, there was work post-it notes that might be, this is minus two, this, this removes energy. And then you balance them out. Like, I'm going to go play my guitar. That's going to be plus two. Then I'm going to do this assignment. It's going to be minus five. Oh, I need to balance it out. I'm going to have a really wow. nice latte. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's it was like really Sims cool. In real life. <laughs> <laughs> game design. <laughs> there you go. See, we just need more game designers in charge of the world. I'm telling it, you. It was really cool. Uh, she was a you game try that? designer. <laughs> I should, right? <laughs> right. So what I do right now, actually, is when I'm feeling fatigued, I do go down and I take a break and I could, honestly, what I do, and, and not everybody might be this way, but I could do like a one minute plank and it just like kicks my brain in, really, into second Really, one minute gear. plank? Yeah. That's <laughs> Thank you, but it's, it's nothing special. <laughs> well, no, but then what's your core? What's your core is the, probably the most important thing you should work out. Well, especially when you're sitting down. So that's why I'm thinking too. <laughs> yeah. Well, like why, why blank out of anything else? Is it just something you found out like in a video and you were like, I'm going to try this? Part of me is like, I hate it. <laughs> so what? It's really so, I hate it, but it gives me so much energy because I feel like I'm pushing myself mentally as well as physically like if i would do squats like just um basic body weight squats i'm having fun in the sense that i'm just like going up and down but i'm not practicing really my my mental limits but the plank for me is mentally challenging because i'm like why is time so slow i'm looking at the watch right yeah. so i feel like i'm learning more through doing the plank it, it this may sound ridiculous but <laughs> <laughs> no this is gee, i love i get it because i know what you, like that's why i love yoga because when you do yoga it's pushing you physically and mentally and actually after you finish yoga you feel this sense of like super happiness euphoria just you're just like wow life is great and you're like what where did this come from why did i feel this way yeah after just doing like long stretches and long like positions like what where did this come from so yeah it's like especially meditating have you ever meditated yeah so it's like another thing too. If you can get it right, like it's like actually where you like. It's so hard. <laughs> it is. I've only done like twice where I'm actually like 15 minutes go by and I'm like, wait a minute, that was 15 minutes. And oh, you, you managed. Feel... See, I'm not there yet. No, I've only did it once or twice. I and that was like five years ago. But um, <laughs> amazing, I love it, it. It was the most wild thing, and I'm like, I feel really happy. So it's like weird. Is it like, do we get in our own way? Because, like, even animals, like, do you think, like, they're just, like, naturally, like, okay? And then, oh, I'm scared. Like, I gotta go or I'm hungry. But, like, for us, it's, like, this chatter in our heads. Like, does that get in our way? Because it doesn't always be. Like, sometimes you can go through your day and you don't think too much. And you're just, you're just, you know, chilling. And some days you're just, like, oh, my God, I got this and that. It's, like, worry. Worry. Mm. Why do we worry so much? What is it? Is, is it society itself? Is it us? Because I feel like... Maybe like I don't, I don't know because I've never really interacted with a Native American like at the old times. But do you think they worried that much? Do you I think it was just think so. I think it was right? easier, simpler of a life, less to worry about. Yeah. Like I like you wouldn't have money in the same sense to worry about. Then I would ex assume it was more like weather, wind, and food. I guess. And then it was like part of the culture. So you were like, okay, now we're going to go out and hunt. And then like yeah, then you worry about like 
safety mm-hmm. stuff that was the moment. I don't know. What if you could categorize your worry? Let's say that you have a little box with your worry that's going to be, um, I don't have time. And you spend 10 minutes worrying about that, but you would very focused think about it. And maybe you would even come up with a solution to it. Would you then be able to unbox that? And now you throw away the box, you're done with it. And you would take another worry box and you would unfold it and you would worry about that. No, I can't do this right now. You box it up again and you put it away. Do you think that would lessen worries? Of course. Yeah. It's just like giving you permission to say, I can't fix it right now. I'll put it there. Yeah. I'll get it to later. But this one I can. So I'm going to worry about this one. But not like worry isn't like stress out about it, but just like focus on it. Yeah, again, I think, time. I think it's again, time. It's because I think, but yeah, when you don't feel like you have enough time is when you get super stressed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it feels to, like it all boils down to time. <laughs> how do we get more time? Yeah. I, I feel like today or in this time, we do have a huge opportunity actually to get back some time with remote work being more common and more acceptable because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. What do you think? No, that's been, it's been the greatest thing that could have happened to um, work life balance. Everything else was horrible, but that, that <laughs> was good. No, cause it's, it's now allowed people to not have to waste hours commuting, waste time, mm-hmm. like getting ready. They could just literally be like, okay, I'm going to go work. Maybe from like eight, I don't, because I, I don't have a position right now with a job. I don't know if there's like a certain time you work, but it's like you could be like, okay, from six to nine, I work focused, do my stuff. And then the rest of the time you do other things. You you eat like good breakfast, you work out, you get yourself ready for the day. And then you, that way you're, you're mentally there, you're creatively there. And like, I think it just makes life better instead of having to be like, oh, you have to come here and then you have to leave at five. And then if you don't finish, you have to stay and then you have to go home at traffic and then you have to, yeah, it's just like, that's just not optimal especially with our world nowadays and soon like if our human race moves towards like different planets is like look we can't easily travel like it's just gonna take too much to travel why can't we just do it where we're at and send it out and that's it like why does it mm-hmm. why do we have to always be at the same spot i get it for like collaboration but how many people don't actually work with each other in the office they're just in their cute like boxes and doing their thing like why i get you have to have someone watching you but like people actually want to do the work and if they don't then like I don't know, but like fish for video games, like people want to make the game. People want to do design stuff, be creative. Yeah. So like you don't have to be on there. You don't have to micromanage them. Yeah. So why, why treat them like you need to? It's really interesting because I find like um, the work from home has definitely provided so many opportunities and lessons. And I think the biggest lesson in it is probably going to be trust. Like you need to trust your colleagues or your subordinates to do their work. You need to trust in them to come with you for questions. Mm-hmm. And that of course goes in all directions. And to me that again boils down to communication, which is another fundamental thing that is so hard to gauge. Like time, how do you get good communication? Again, with time and practice. But do we have enough time to be a master of communication? 
it's going to be so different for each individual, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, actually, this is a good example of Cyberpunk 2077. I think they got so focused on, like, doing something super ambitious and saying we're just going to get it out instead of saying, you know what, let's focus on time and saying we'll, like, delay it for another year, maybe two years, and just let everybody relax, communicate, and say, hey, what do we actually need to do? And then, yeah, sure, take two years. It's like, oh, we're losing money. But it's like, but then it comes out and it's perfect, and then the whole world blows up on it. And it says, so, like, I think people just say stop with this whole, like, money being the main thing, even though it is an important part, super important part. And be like, let's focus on time, patience, communicate, make sure everybody's happy, make sure everybody's focused. We need to hire more people, hire more people. We'll figure a way to do that. Again, leadership, and, like, just have an environment where people can just do the work and then fix the work. Like, again, we need to find a way to give more time to people. And it's hard because money is a huge thing when it comes to like both the deadlines. We need. It's like yeah, but if it's not ready, it's not ready. And that's what happened with that game where it just wasn't ready, and it ended up costing more money and probably now more time. And it's like, see, you have the time now apparently, so you should have should have waited. Do you also think that communication could have been a factor in that, like? how they communicated to the public about the expectations of the game oh, and then have to deliver on the promise. Again, I think it's because they were just trying to be this huge ambitious thing. It should have been more honest. Again, it's another thing, transparency. So that's another reason I love cryptocurrencies because they're making money transparent. Because now you, when you send money, it says, I'm sending you this, and then you receive it, and it's there for the whole world to see it. So I think we need to find a way where people can communicate and be like, hey, like this is what's happening. I know it's not what we want to tell you. And then people can trust you more. Because when you're more transparent, when you do say something like, hey, we need to, like, for instance, let's say the games were good and they were always truthful. So when they do say we need time, they believe them. It's not like, oh, you're just saying that because of this. And it's like, oh, they've been so truthful to us. Now that they need this time, they actually need it and we need to give it to them. Mm. And then not listen to the toxic comments because there's always going to be people saying, well, what you said you wanted to know and what this. And I've seen more people say, just take your time. I'd rather have a complete game than an incomplete game. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So it's like, yeah. And then uh, communication needs to be better. And I, actually, I think why remote's better, honestly, is because I've, again, in my experience, I feel like people are more comfortable with more of like the online communication because they don't feel pressured. When like you write a message to someone, it's just like, okay, I sent it. Uh, but when you're like in a work environment, you probably like have to go up to your boss and you're like, all right. I have to go talk to him, make eye contact, be like not <laughs> nervous and be like, hey, I have this problem. Can you help me? And you're afraid of the reaction. I think people are more comfortable with like online environments. At least I feel like I am. So it's like maybe that would help people be able to speak up more and say more. Mm-hmm. And then like, for instance, in the office, you might somebody might have to go talk to their supervisor and people can see them go talk to them. Where in like online, you don't nobody sees that. So, yeah, I, I think know. we have to also accept that we're all different in a sense that some people are really energized by that encounter. Like yeah. people might actually be excited to go up to their boss. Um, it's, it's hard because not everyone's it's hard. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I know that I am actually better at communicating through written text. Uh, I can sort it Same. down and I can see my bullet points and I can reword it because I have time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> God, this time thing. <laughs> it's always time, right? Yeah. But but then comes like the whole being spontaneous because I also get a lot of energy from face-to-face and real human interactions. Mm-hmm. And 
it it's 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 hard to to balance that i think um like now uh, i told you i'm i'm working right now remote full-time remote i am loving it <laughs> i really like it i don't have to communicate in la uh not communicate but commute, commute. in la <laughs> communicate. um so oh, i'm yeah, really so you, grateful for that you lived in la right but now you're in japan Is no i'm it? not in japan so oh you're working remote okay pandemic <laughs> <laughs> but i hope to maybe uh do like business trips to tokyo mm-hmm. whenever i can uh, but right now, um, I'm also in the whole visa shenanigan gray zone, so oh, that okay. that's also affecting my ability to travel right now. So, I'm hard. I'm grateful, in a sense, to have experienced the pandemic here in uh, America because I got the vaccine quicker than anyone else. <laughs> yeah, same. So that's one thing. Took me out for a day, but yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I was I was actually not bad. I was just having a slight headache, but I was like doing everything else. And then after a night of sleep, it was all gone. Look at you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm one of the lucky ones. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, this this distance remote work is really nice. But the one thing that I don't know how to solve, we are again going back to time. Is the time zones oh yeah that's difficult yeah so right now i think um if i'm not mistaken 5 p.m is gonna be 9 a.m in tokyo wow so, so that's basically when your work starts like at five or when you start communicating yeah exactly when i start communicating um i uh, start work at noon uh, or like around 1 p.m and then I work around until uh, 8 or 9 p.m., usually 9 p.m., to have as much overlap as possible. And this is me also not being a night owl. I am terrible at doing late hours. My focus mm. just dips terribly. Um, so I'm I'm feeling like a little bit like the black sheep in the games industry in that sense as well. Um but that makes the time zones difficult to manage because I do want to be there. I do want to communicate with them and be there for my team. But there's only so many hours of overlap when I'm actually functional. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, because time zones hmm, make it hard to like communicate and you have to find the right window. So how do you get over like yeah? Because then technically now your work day is like the end of the day. So like if people want to hang out, it's like, hey, I can't unless it's the weekend. Or do you work like seven days a week or five days? Do you work Monday to Friday? Monday to Friday. Yeah. Yeah, how have you dealt that? Like if you had, well, it's kind of easy now with the pandemic because nobody hangs out really. Unless <laughs> it's, it's like virtual. But now that we're slowly getting out of there, like how do you handle hanging out with people? I've actually been enjoying it quite a lot because I am not the best version of myself in the evenings anyway (laughs) (laughs) so i am more than happy to meet people like before noon like that's that's my jam so i get up i uh, have my latte and i work out and like i'm on a roll and i can actually pull out like have a lot of energy Mm -hmm. into it um, and like I can even meet friends before for lunch or something, and mm. then I start working. And actually, because there's no communication going on, I get 
a solid four, five hours of just focused work time. And it's proven to be really, really efficient. There you go. You're self-aware. And you found something <laughs> that really works. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it's cool, though. Although it's also like, uh, 2 p.m., I can I can go have that break, right? And sometimes <laughs> it's it's really tempting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but that's also when you need to, like, be aware of, am I tired or... Or should, do I just need like a one minute plank or do I actually oh, yeah, need go. a 10 minute break? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. When did you start doing a plank? Was that recently or is that just been a thing you've found out like a while from now, like in college? It's actually been really recently and it was through a group of friends like um, I, my colleagues back at Respawn. Uh, when I was working there, we, we had a little little group of, of people um, that we used to do workouts with. And when the pandemic hit, we actually called each other up like 3 p.m. Um, every day and did a stretching session to revitalize ourselves. And we just like we were chatting away while doing stretches. And then we do the segment that one minute plank. We did dips. So we are doing like push-ups. And I just found that it helped me just clear my mind so much that I started doing it on my own whenever I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. Because, yeah, you need something like that to help you just, boom, boost of energy. And actually, I really want to get into it. So it respawn, right? What did you work on there? Because it doesn't say. Oh, it doesn't say? On LinkedIn, no. Oh, so I worked on Jedi Fallen Order oh, uh, at Respawn. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you design. what did you design? You were a narrative designer, so you designed, like, basically yeah. a story in a way? Um, not really. So, uh, when I got Respawn, I came from Bioware and Anthem. Mm -hmm. uh, so, um, I was pretty tired after Anthem. So, coming in, uh, I was working on Echoes and Scans. Uh, so, I, they, they already had built the, the base and the idea around uh, the collectibles for them when I joined. So, I basically uh, tried to figure out the arc. Uh, the arc, uh, story arc, and the beats and the placement together with level design, uh, which was something that um, I found super fun because I used to be a level designer as well. And uh, then the uh, writer took the arc um, that I've been brainstorming together with multiple people, and they wrote the um, uh, the codex entries. Or it's not only codex, but um, the collectible library section. It has so many different names, and I can't think of any right now for except for Codex. <laughs> <laughs> and then, how did it feel working on a Star Wars game? Oh, yeah. So uh, about that, that's actually going back to the first story about me talking about games and this a teacher not having this bias towards games. Ah. Um, that was my point with that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So when I start working with Star Wars, usually when I talk about me working with games, people are like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm not a gamer, but good for you kind of deal, especially mm -hmm. like the older generations. And now suddenly I'm working on Star Wars and <laughs> everybody knows Star Wars. So I can be like, yeah, I'm working with video games and people are like not interested really sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then I'd be like, yeah, it's Star Wars. And then I get their attention. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's Star Wars. Like, and it was one of the best single player Star Wars games in a while. So like, wow! They, they did such an amazing job. The team did so good. It was such a good game. I didn't get to beat it because it's just time again, time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, 
wow it just wow but yeah it's it really, like a dream really come cool. true and now people are probably like you worked on star wars what i want that yeah. It, it it is definitely super super cool. It's it's really fascinating. Um, I am feeling really insecure in my Star Wars knowledge because I was surrounded by people who knew so much, right? Oh yeah, I bet you're like I love Star Wars, and they're like, "Do you know this is now?" And you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute, where are you picking this from?" <laughs> I know, and I was like, "It's it's like it's so embarrassing." Like I actually went back all the way to me joining school and being insecure about is games right for me, and I felt like, "Do I deserve to be here?" Like you know, imposter syndromes keeps keeps rolling wherever I go. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that it happens? Like, like let's say. Okay, you get comfortable one thing, and the next thing you move into, you're like, okay, I'm ready. And you're like, oh, I don't feel ready for this. But it's kind of good because I guess it's you're pushing yourself into new environments. That's like level up. So, like, now you're in the next level, but now you're just the bottom of that level. And you go to the top of that level and you move to the next level. Yeah. So, good yeah, for you, though, totally. to keep pushing yourself. Yeah, it was definitely a challenge. Uh, and so, actually, about that, I'm not sure if I ever got out of that uh, insecurity of. Do I deserve to be here? I'm not the greatest or most big Star Wars nerd and geek there is. Um, like, I think I kept battling with that quite a while. Uh, and probably still, like, I, I don't know if I felt like I deserved it not being such a huge Star Wars geek. Although I love Star Wars, I, I can't recall every single movie with actors and everything <laughs> like, right and like quotes hmm. and the characters but i mean like you don't have to that's another thing why why hmm, why do you why would you feel that way actually do you feel like someone else who's more into star wars deserves it like why don't you not deserve it yeah it's really weird i, I felt that way for the longest time and it, it also comes with the sense of People started asking me questions. You worked on this, so you should know X, Y, Z. And I have found it really hard to admit that I don't. But I'm not going to lie, of course. I'm going to be like, I'm not the best person to answer that, you know, being mm -hmm. a little bit dodgy about it. But I, it, it kind of... What like, did you give yourself permission away. to not know? Oh, that's difficult. I The word permission there is probably the trick word for me. Mm -hmm. For me, it's about saying the truth. And I'm, I feel like I'm giving myself permission only if I'm actually looking it up as well afterwards. I was just saying like, okay, I don't know, but I'm going to go look it up so I do know because I should know. Because well, I should, should you know. know. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it keeps rolling like that. And then when I'm out of that conversation, I'm having a negative feeling about the thing I'm going to look up. So I don't want to do it because now I built pressure around it. Yeah. So Isn't why don't we, we should remove the should and then give yourself permission not to know. It's okay you, not to know. Yeah. It's okay not to know. And it's okay. To, it's, and you shouldn't have to know it. Like there are the reasons why you felt that way because there are some people who do know it, and yeah. that's what they need to know because you need. That's what the team's all about. You have different people with different skills, different knowledge, and then they come together and build something. 
That's how you can have these amazing games. Because if you have one person who everything, then like, then why do they need anybody else? Mm. So, so yeah. No, that that's fair, and it's also like the whole thing about like I'm not, I can't do that much with the story. Uh, I'm I'm not a writer. Uh, I'm more of a designer. Mm-hmm. But uh, when working with with a Star Wars game, of course, there's already the predefined history, which is really, really cool to try to fit into, but it's also occasionally contradicting itself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard because it's, it's so hard. much. It's like, so it's really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how do you do it? Especially with the Fallen Order, Jedi Order, because it's like, at one point, there's the movies where it's like, oh, there's no Jedi except, you know, Yoda, Obi-Wan, and then Luke. And then eventually, now there is, apparently. So it's like, how do you fit all that in? And it's like, but it makes sense because you get so focused on one story of the world, the universe, but there's so much going on in the universe. It's like, it makes sense that there's more. It's just there's there's defined heroes that yeah. go on this journey. And so that's the one they focus on. But yeah, that's but also, how many heroes can you create before it becomes saturated? That's true. <laughs> but then it also brings up the questions like well maybe everybody can be a hero of their own story so why not like now they don't have to save the whole universe but they saved something that led for the one hero to do his thing yes because everyone's here yeah and it reflects a little bit into our own lives like what can we do where we are right now to make the best out of it yeah every yeah everyone has an important role whether they feel like it or not i think that's the only bad thing about entertainment is it like glorifies one person doing one thing like for instance like you get movies where the hero miraculously survives but everybody around them like doesn't but it happens some people like if you watch listen to veterans they'll tell stories of how like they shouldn't be alive their friends all died around them but they're alive and it's like see it happens sometimes but that it doesn't mean like the the other people. The other people actually are more heroes because the veterans will do this. The people who took the, like sacrifice life are actually bigger heroes. But you know, when we watch movies, the person who survived is the bigger hero in our eyes. Mm. So it's like it's interesting because it's like no, everybody was. In fact, those people who died for the hero to live are the bigger heroes because they yeah. sacrificed everything. But isn't that the eye in the eyes of the viewer though? Yeah, that's true. Because as you said, the survivors didn't feel that way. They said that they should have died with their friends. Yeah. But then, by the glorification from entertainment, right, they yeah. become the heroes. Although they might maybe kind of poetic. <laughs> Even they don't feel like it. It's like it's like the pro leader who like doesn't want to be the leader, like the one who's like I don't want the power, is the one that's the best to be the one in power. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely being like very philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> We have. This is the first time I think we've been this. Because sometimes it comes up and it's like for a couple minutes. But like this is literally the whole podcast has been like, how can we make the world better? (laughs) Time. 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 And we found the answers, the solution somewhere in time. But how do we get more time? And and maybe the thing is we think we don't have enough time, but we really do have time. Oh, so you think it? maybe it's a mental state? I think that's what I was trying to get with the whole cyberpunk where I was like, now they're fixing it and they have the time to fix it. So it's like they've always had time. I think something else mm. was making it. Yes, you know, so like I'm still doing a bad job explaining it. But yes, yeah, so I think we have the time. It's just we think we don't. So therefore, we are hurting ourselves. And the only way we can then master that is to realize we have all the time in the world. Not really, but like 
enough time to get the things done we want to. I guess you have to choose too, because life is about choices. Like for instance, you can't have too many relationships because then you don't have time for all of them. But you choose the ones you want, and you go all in on those. So you have to make choices. You can't. Do have you everything. think? Um, what do you say if I would make a statement that the biggest enemy to time would be pressure? I agree with that, but how? But also, I agree that pressure makes you do things that you wouldn't. Right. Mm. So I think that's why we have. I guess the idea is to find a way to balance that, where it's like you can have a enjoyable, I guess, day, a week, life, but then that prepares you for certain moments of intense pressure. So that way you come into it ready to take it on. Like, for instance, soldiers train a lot. If they go through intense pressure and training for that one moment of, like, you, this is where we trained for this moment. So, yeah, because I think they do go through a lot of times where they just do nothing. Hmm. So same with people. It's like maybe maybe we should, go or we should make it more aware that you don't have to be. Like, for instance, there's a hustle culture, 24-7, hustle, hustle, hustle. Maybe it should be more like. Hustle certain times of the year, like certain moments. So it's like, do your thing, relax, work for like two hours a day, prepare, and then hustle for like a week or a month or two months, and then go back to preparing phase. Where in those preparing phases is when you just you hang out with friends, you chill, you do the things you need to do, you work out, you, you practice for two hours, and right. then comes a day when you're like, all right, guys, all because yeah, because that's where come that's where most creative work comes from pressure. So it sounds like basically build your base, and then yeah. when it's under attack, you deal with then it. Then you, yeah. Yeah. So a little bit what I was thinking is that uh, pressure is almost like unnecessary evil, occasionally. Mm-hmm. Almost like how oxygen is deter- deteriorating our cells. It's making us age. Did you learn this in the about, uh, yeah. <laughs> I That's did. hilarious because I was like, but I didn't actually it. know that. that it we, was... we need it, right, to live. Yeah. Wait. So that's, is that? Wait a minute. So oxygen is deteriorating our cells, but we need it. Is that why it's, we think as we fuel. age? Yeah. We get. Uh, it's fuel, but it's also you know how how an engine needs to keep rolling. Yeah, but eventually by using down. it. Yep. So it it feels like life is almost based off of that necessary evil that needs to be part of our lives and maybe then pressure is that to time wow it could be something else <laughs> but it's just one way of seeing it Damn. my brain is now like wow <laughs> games really this is a whole conversation about games and yet we've been talking about like <laughs> Maybe we need to do another one that is more focused on games. <laughs> Maybe, because I, I am interested about the Wolfenstein and Doom and even a little bit. So, like, look. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, wow. All right. Maybe we should step away for a little bit. <laughs> so, what do you... What I'm curious, and this just popped but, like, what do you think is the true value of games? Like, why, why do you want to make games? What do you think it does to the world? I have these moments... When I see players play the game, 
um, I don't know how many times I bawled my eyes out seeing reactions videos. Uh -huh. uh, it's for me the reactions. It's the gratefulness and the gratitude, the letters that we receive, those moments of it actually saving someone from depression or a difficult time in their lives. Like I always wanted to make people feel that's that's a little bit my drive with games. I want to create environments and immersions and situations when they get a break from this this harsh world. And I feel like the peak of that success is when someone actually feels like you pulled me out of this really tough spot and situation or you brought me so much joy. I thank you. Like it means so much. Yeah, that there's nothing better than that. You've literally saved someone's life in a way. Or Which is them weird move. to think about with yeah. video games, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, because I don't think people understand how important entertainment is for people. It's especially if life's tough around them. It's a place where they can go and be able to escape, or not even that, just be able to like feel that they're worth something. Because games instantly gratify, like give you that, like, hey, you're saving the world. You're doing this. You're leveling up. And it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, it feels good. Yeah, and there's so think, many lessons to take from games. And there's also lessons. Yeah, that's the big thing, too. Because another thing cool about God of War is the... Uh, Corey Barlog, too, said that he... Some people come up to him and said the game, the relationship between Kratos and um, his son helped him understand his father more, so it helped build a relationship. And I'm like, that's... That's it. In fact, I think fiction books or fiction books, games, anything that's, like, in, entertainment, it's not real. It helps people actually learn more than, like, maybe self-help or... A, actual like real life things because they get to see it in a more relatable way they're like oh i wouldn't have seen it that or engaged i think that's the main point they're engaged into it because some other things are like oh it's just normal life but they're like i'm playing this cool game it's fun killing monsters but then at the same time i'm getting taught this lesson between father and son that i would have never really cared for unless it was like this yeah and then yeah that's why i want more of that that's why we need more of those because even like so witcher 3 does this really well where the relationship between Geralt and siri because there's a lot of choices you have to make and sometimes you think like, oh, well, just tell her not to break stuff would be the right thing to do. But telling her like break the stuff in the, the one like sorcerer's room helps her be more confident, more comfortable. Throwing snowballs at her makes her feel more comfortable comf and confident. And at the end of this, have you played Witcher 3? I have not. Then I'm not going to say anything else. But you do things <laughs> that make her do like, you know, I, again, I don't, I don't want to spoil it. But yeah, you just the choices <laughs> you make actually matter. And it's not the... What you think is the right choices is what you think are the right human choices. And that's that's wild. And you just need to play. What are you doing? Hold on. Like we need you need more time to go play this game. It's one of the best games yes. ever made. I, I have it in my Steam. No, account. go play it today. Start it right now. <laughs> <laughs> After this podcast. No, but I'm really into Spirit Fair right now. I don't want to. Oh my god, that. it's too really true. Uh, we need more time. <laughs> we need more time. And I have I have so many games. Oh, so the bucket list never goes down. Like ever oh yeah just keep getting bigger <laughs> and it's like again time and honestly i'm feeling a lot of pressure about playing games as a game designer oh, you know what i hate that because that makes me not want to play like i'll yes. start playing the game and i'm like okay i need to beat the game like now otherwise i'm totally totally to and as soon as i feel pressure i'm not playing because i'm like okay so okay okay so i i want to just take time for myself and play a game and i when i start playing i can play for a while but then i'm like I feel like I don't have that time 
I don't have that chunk of time reserved. So I'm like, okay, what is necessary to do that? I'm gonna I'm gonna go make dinner. I'm gonna do the, wash the dishes. I'm gonna do laundry because that's more like real life achievements. I actually see them yeah. as being chores it's and like achievements. Being productive people would <laughs> yeah. say you're doing important stuff. I'm being well, a grown okay. up. Yeah, woohoo! <laughs> and you're like, yeah. But my games. It. But my games. That's why. So that's funny because I always told people like when someone would tell me, "God, I feel like I wasted my um, childhood because all I did was play games." Same. So I was, but I always say, "I'm like, hey, at least I saved um, Skyrim. At least I stopped the Templars. <laughs> at least I uh, helped Sly Cooper stop the thieves and stuff." I, it's just, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like, why is that not important? It, it it it's it's like your life, your situations, and your experience. Like all of your experiences are valid, right? Mm-hmm. And also, it's an awesome Harry Potter quote where he, um, Albus Dumbledore was like, just because it's happening in your head doesn't mean it's not real. And I was like, oh, that's beautiful. So like these oh, games, just because it's not great. happening in real life doesn't mean this moment isn't real to you, at least, or to anybody else. That's why we always look back at old games, and like, it means a lot to you. People can relate to it. Yeah. yeah. But I love Lion King when he says, remember who you are, that scene. It means a lot. Mm-hmm. I love Lion King. Lion King's one of the one of the best anime movies ever. I think I've seen, like, the original, like, so Only see the times. original. Don't watch the live action. They ruined it. I don't know how. See, I, I don't want to because I have so much nostalgia for the original. <laughs> yeah, keep that. It's, it's pure. It's like, don't watch live anime adoption theater. <laughs> Only one I would recommend is Aladdin because I never really watched the original one. And then I watched the live action one. And I thought it was going to be horrible. I see, I think I went into it thinking it was going to be the worst thing ever. That was actually like, oh, wow. This is actually not bad. This is actually hilarious. It was it was so good. I I've watched it like six times now. <laughs> you said you didn't watch the original. I know. So, <laughs> Isn't I know. that the key, though? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But I've experienced, because I play, you, you ever play Hidden Hearts? Yeah. Uh, wh- sorry, which game was that? Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah, yeah. The first one. Uh, I think I played the second one, too. Yeah. Did you beat the second one? I did. Good. It's the best game ever. My I game really all- enjoyed it. Well, so it was my favorite game of all time. Hidden Witcher 3 came. Hmm? So Witcher 3 is not my favorite of all time. I- I'm going to put them as both my favorite of all time because they're just too good, both of them. But, yeah, so the I played a little, there's Aladdin level, so I kind of got the gist. I kind of got it. That's but like I never watched them. Then I watched the animated one, and I actually love both of them the same. Like I think I don't hate one more, hate one less. I think, but no, they they got the live action right. And I think it was Will Smith. We'll just say that. Honestly, I think the best is to watch something without bringing any bias from exactly. someone else. Oh, have you ever watched Avatar: Last Airbender? Yes. Okay, do you watch Legend of Korra? I do not. I, I oh, have it on my list. Well, you should, but if when you do watch it, do not expect it to be as, like, its oh. own, like, Avatar. Expect it to be its own thing within the Avatar universe. Right, right, right. Because then you right. enjoy it more. I mean, there are some things that could have been better. I mean, of course. Like, Avatar got it just perfect. But I think they bring up a lot of things that just make it just as good. Maybe even sometimes the themes are better. Mm-hmm. Like, as in, like, you learn a lot of lessons. But no, I don't think it beat the original. But still, it's just like those. It's not even that. It's like the whole universe itself teaches you so much. And that's another thing with games. It's like you just teach people a lot more things than they would have learned anywhere else. 
And if you want to get even deeper, I think that's what the Bible was at first. But now it's like our stories just teach us great lessons and tell teach us how to be in life and teach us morals and rules in life. Right. Let's create that's more games. Interesting. Yeah, because you can teach things or learn through reading and hearing stories, but games are like this middle ground where you are experiencing yes. them. Have you played Detroit Become Human? Yes, I have. Yes. That's an amazing game because you the choices you make matter. <laughs> yeah, but I was honestly that game. I was just sitting there being like, "Oh my god, how much work have they done?" <laughs> right. Oh my god. Yeah. Right. I was just seeing all the mocap uh, fees and like how expensive this game was to oh, make. It's <laughs> expensive to make, but it's <laughs> yeah. beautiful because it's it like. Is. At the end of the game, I didn't want anyone to die. I cared about all of them, and I was just like, I want. But you feel that's you. Like, can you imagine if you did your life like that, where you were like, I the choices I make have such a huge impact because we make choices and you just think them. But like, what if they made a choice and it was the wrong choice, and you live with it? That's what games are. It's like mm-hmm. a, a space you go to preview your actions, and then you get to see how it unfolds. So when you go into the real world, you're like, okay, I've seen what happens when I make these choices. I don't want to do it. Like, for instance, when there's a moment when you're Car- Marcus and you choose yeah. to attack Carl's son and he dies. Oh, no. And then Carl dies, right? Yeah. Oh, no, his son dies. Someone dies. The son, the son dies. The, you're right. You see, the son dies. And then it's like that's – you could have just been calm and things would have been fine. So imagine in real life when it's like there's a moment when you have to be aggressive or calm and you choose to be calm because you know what happens when you're aggressive. Like, that's the beauty, I think, of story-driven games like that. It t- shows you – what could happen, and maybe you don't want that to happen. There was another time, actually, in there when Marcus was leading the revolution, essentially, and depending on your choices, they die one after another. Yeah. Right? And it's that sequence tough. was so painful. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I don't think I could go to war. No way. <laughs> I yeah, did that I before, but. <laughs> I, it's tough. And then there's a lot of choices in that game where you could really like maybe trust the humans and they betray you. I haven't chosen that chosen that one, but that's tough. And then Carl with Alice, the biggest you, yeah, everything everybody gets to that moment where you find out that she's actually another android. Mm. And then you, it makes you question like, just because she's not human doesn't mean she's not real. Mm. And it's like doesn't matter if if they if you care about them then why not like they deserve to live because that's really what happened especially when i got if you get caught when you're trying to escape with luther and him to the to the other bus i think and you get caught and you're like in that camp like all you care about is getting them out of there and for a moment you feel like you're lost of hope like this is it and it shows you real life experience like that's probably how people felt back then in world war ii Mm. when you're just in a camp and just you're you're done yeah, and, and just being scared of being found out. There's so many experiencing experiences like that and situations when when we're scared of a situation and just hoping things will go well. Like just imagine like how immigrants might feel mm-hmm. occasionally or just like it it's it's so tough. To understand those situations and I feel like games can provide a little bit of filling in that gap to get as many and different experiences as possible and create empathy for real life Mm -hmm. situations as well. 
It puts you in their shoes when you otherwise weren't. It yeah. allows you to feel, experience their story. Because, yeah, like when you experience it, you're like, I feel what they've all probably felt. Like when you get towards the end, when that car is like about to go to the like dissembling thing where they're going to destroy her. Like, can you imagine feeling that way where you're like, all hope is lost? And you wouldn't have unless of this game. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think games just allow humans to be more empathetic, more caring, more understanding. It's cool because games are like a time traveling mechanism. We can, like Assassin's Creed, you can go back and see how the world was, how they thought. And I don't think anything else, like even books, you can do that. But to actually see it and to experience it is something unbelievable. And they can also teach people. Like, could you imagine if schools did a thing where you, instead of just reading about Alexander the Great, you actually saw him make these choices? Mm-hmm. Like in Assassin's Creed and Origins, you see Cleopatra and you see the choices she makes. You see kind of a personality based off of what they read about her. And then when you go take a test, instead of being like, oh, what did I read? You're like, I was there. I lived it. So you just, you remember it. Yeah. Can you imagine? That's like a, that's wild. And it as soon as you get better with the VR, you could be in there now. You can like literally walk next to them and be like, this is what it was like. I think that just makes school way more fun. And then like if you're doing like rocket stuff for math, you can like, okay, this is what we're doing math for. And then you see it and then. Because that's the thing, too. It's just not engaging anymore in our society nowadays. It's like we have all these movies, shows, games. It's like school is outdated. It needs to be kind of as um, dopamine-releasing as like the stuff we have around us. We need to be able to be yeah. excited about it because then you'll care about it. See, I, I really, really like that statement that the, the systems today are outdated. I don't, They are not getting on with the times not. and not being creative either. Mm-hmm. At all. Do you think it's because they don't have time to change it? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh, my God. It's, it's going to be too much time to actually change it. So exactly. no one's doing so it. <laughs> no one's going to do it. Oh, man. <laughs> I think we have the solution to everything right here now. <laughs> yeah. It's that you have more time than you think. Or you're actually wasting time by not changing it. Because at one point, you're going to have to change it. And it's going to take you time anyways. So just do it now when it's easier or not as important. Because I feel like now... Is like the time when we need to start changing it. But there's going to be a moment when you have to change it. Like something's yeah. just going to give. I don't know what that's going to be, but I don't know. I don't know. What do you Only think? Only time will tell. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. well, okay. So it seems like we've gone for an hour and a half. So we'll, let's wrap it up. <laughs> we can always do a part two about the actual design and games and stuff. But um, I have one thing to ask. So we do this thing called a challenge because all the courses do a cha- or lectures do a challenge at the end. So do you have a challenge for... Uh, listeners to do after the podcast it could be anything i would say design related but i guess we can get philosophical related or time related or whatever you can think of or even your plank whatever you want <laughs> so yeah give a challenge to listeners oh that's gonna be yeah so i was actually thinking up a challenge before this uh, that i'm gonna use um it's a little bit unrelated to time unfortunately i should have thought about several <laughs> <laughs> it's fine we didn't know the whole thing was gonna be based on no, time <laughs> we didn't know that but essentially, I, I want to challenge you in finding your values right now and right how you're feeling right now. So that, that's a practice that, that I encourage, honestly, everybody to do and that I'm doing occasionally, especially if I'm feeling like I'm not satisfied and happy in the situation. I look over my values and see how many of these are checked. So for instance, um, for me, team spirit and collaboration 
is one core value. Like I really enjoy working together with people. That motivates me a lot. Uh, I also enjoy a lot about uh, communication. Like if communication is there, I'm thriving. Mm. And then <clears throat> just looking at, am I having fun, right? I mentioned that mm. before. And these values keep changing. But right now and here is when I'm finding a lot of joy and energy and motivation through these three. And if you can find what motivates and challenges and makes you satisfied, you can always use that as a baseline to come back to whenever you're feeling what is missing. What can I do to improve my situation? And by identifying which one is lacking or if you need to replace it with something to get back on track, it's just uh, an exercise, a mental exercise to help you discover yourself in the moment. Wow. <laughs> that was the best challenge ever. What, really? <laughs> yeah. So here's a tidbit. When I started in the industry, for me, it was work ethics. Like I need to be fast and efficient, right? Because mm, not the time. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be passionate. Like you, you hear where this is going, right? Mm -hmm. I need to be the best. Oh, okay. The ego's speaking now. So that's where it started, but it put a lot of pressure on me. Did it put pressure on, on what you wanted to make you have like happiness or fun, or did it put pressure on your ego to be the like this thing that people can say, "Oh, she's the best." Yeah, it was more like the, the outwards facing. Mm -hmm perspective like I needed to be an expert essentially that was the, that is more correctly phrased but it made me burn out mm -hmm. you think it's because you're trying to fill the void of imposter syndrome because oh, you're yeah. trying to feel make other people outside of you think of you better when you should have just filled your inner self to make you feel better about yourself totally it was all about what am I looking like other people what are they thinking about me and mm -hmm. not about what actually satisfies me and my needs of, of being able to be as efficient as I possibly can. Like nothing of, nothing of that was actually fueling me as a person. All of that was catering towards other people. Mm. So now instead, uh, as you hear here, like a lot of that is more about for my own sake. And now is when I can find a balance. I did not balance that before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but it helped you learn to get to a point where you can balance it. Yeah. There you go. Now look at you. <laughs> Worked on Star Wars. You look happy. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's, of course. It's a journey. Like, the journey never ends. We keep on learning wherever we go. And I am by far fully learned or an expert as much as I want to. Like, if Posterson was talking again. But I'm happy. And, and that's honestly, all that matters. That's, that matters, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Beautifully said. Wow. Damn, I'm glad you liked it. This going to remember. I'm going to remember. This might be one of my favorite episodes ever. Because oh, it's just. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, because it's just this really hit home on like you just do what makes you happy and fulfill your needs. And like you said. So, yeah. I think a lot of people are like this episode too because it just helps them take that pressure off and say, it's okay. Am I having fun? And if I'm not, let me change something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Soul searching, pretty much. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, so this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on. Um, yeah. 
Thank you so yeah. much for having me. It's been really, really fun. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the last thing we should do is I will hand the mic to you, doing last minute shout outs, any last minute quotes, any tips, whatever you want to leave us off with. So uh, yeah, thank you for coming on and the mic's all yours. Oh, wow. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of pressure, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, totally. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> So, what do you have time for? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was genius. <laughs> oh, honestly, like, do things that makes you happy. As long as it doesn't hurt anyone, you included. And I want to give a huge shout out to, to the school, actually, that helped me find my happiness and my career as well as where I am today and, and helped shape me into myself and finding myself. Um, so here's the playground squad. Uh, that's the school I graduated from. And also a shout out actually to the students there who are on their journey of defining themselves. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at GameDev.tv or in the show notes at a discounted price. Get started with your game development journey today.